0: Thank you,
1: Solo D. Welcome to another episode here of On the Finside, here with Kat and Paul Picken. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. The Dolphins coming off a great Monday night football victory against the New England Patriots, 27-20, to to bring their record back to 6-7 and seven and really add some dignity and some respect in the middle of the season, Paul, or toward the end of the season.
2: Yeah, they really have. And it's really nice to see them doing a lot of those things that I know we've been saying we wanted to see them do all year, last year, previous years, et cetera, which is finding exciting ways to move things around and confuse defenses and really just dive into stuff again and make it fun. And you can see the way it gets infectious for all these players out there. So super exciting for me, especially living up here up here in New England. It was real quiet today at work. Mm-hmm. I bet.
1: Yeah, and, and here's the frustrating thing about it. Uh, the exciting and the frustrating thing about it is all we've been saying really for a year and a half on this show, offensively, show some creativity, use some different parts. They did. They moved Kenyon Drake out to receiver, uh, you know, out, out wide against uh, Landon Roberts on that 47-yard catch. Or you had Jakeem Grant getting involved in the game. You had Anthony Fasano on the field a lot. You had Marquise Gray taking a handoff and catching it back. Just a lot of creative looks. Defensively, Take your defensive backs and move them up more and trust them. Xavier Howard had a sensational game. Four interceptions in the last two games, Paul. So you're starting here as the season is getting toward the end. You're starting to see a lot of these younger players start to step up now.
2: You really are. I mean, Chase Allen probably had his best game at linebacker since the preseason. Xavier Howard, Jesus is there any corner in the NFL that's been playing better than he has the last two weeks? And I really want to make sure we give him that credit because he's been covering Demarius Thomas. I mean, he has been lights out on anybody he's been up against, and after the rough start he had to the season, it's really a scenario that's exciting to see for me. I do want to give one of the older guys credit here, though, Alteron Werner, a guy that, you know, he's been okay this year. He had to step in for Cordrea Tankersley, and he did an absolute bang-up job and looked like the Alteron Werner I wanted a few years ago before he went to Tampa Bay. So big kudos to that guy.
1: Yeah, besides one penalty, I mean, and and who cares when you look at the grand scheme of things. They were able to, at cornerback, shut down the opposing Patriots receivers. Not a Patriots receiver, wide receiver, did not have a reception in this game until midway through the third quarter. I mean, I know they didn't have Gronkowski, they didn't have Martellus Bennett, but still they did have Brandon Cooks and they had Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan. And Xavier Howard shuts down Brandon Cooks holds him just to one catch for 38 yards at the end of the game that turned out to be meaningless. Howard has four interceptions in the last two games after having none in his previous, what, year and a half. I, I always felt that the criticism on Howard was a little bit harsh because I thought he was just a half step behind all the time, but he was a raw player coming out of Baylor. But, yeah, defensively now, you start looking at these players that – can help down the stretch and, and even project to next year. You know, Davin Gotcha, Vincent Taylor, Charles Harris, Chase Allen at middle linebacker. You've got the cornerbacks, Tankersley and Allen. And, you know, those players are all, what, 24 years old and younger. So it, it's really exciting to see these younger players step up for the Dolphins. Paul, what else stuck out for you in the game?
2: I really liked and, – and something one of the announcers said kind of stuck out for me too because – You remember last season, Adam Gase came out and he said something about the way that they were scheming this defensive line was to play with a lead. As soon as Miami was able to pull out early, you saw the defensive line able to start pinning their ears back, knowing Brady was going to be trying to throw, and really just started knocking him all over the place and did exactly what we've talked about in the past. One of the reasons why,
0: and I I don't want to get into
2: this debate, really, but when people mention Tom Brady as greatest of all time, blah, 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 I can't put him in, even in my top five conversation because all the guys I would have in my top five weren't guys that turned into a chuck and duck once you get two or three hits on them. And Brady does have a tendency when he's taking some hits early and often to turn into a chuck and duck the rest of the game. And we saw a lot of that in this game. One other thing that really stood out to me as well with the interception that Howard had early, with the way Miami was able to jump out to a little bit of a lead early. I can't help but feel like as good of a game as Jay Cutler had, if Miami had a healthy Ryan Tannehill for this one, and that was the only difference, so still playing Sam Young at right tackle, still playing Chase Allen at middle linebacker. If they had a healthy Ryan Tannehill in this one, this would have been a complete and utter blowout right from the get-go. I mean, I, I like some of the effort I see from Cutler, but I also see way too many give-up throws, way too many missed easy reads, and they're just plays I don't expect I'd see from Tannehill based on what I saw last season.
1: It's, it's hard to tell because, I mean, Cutler still in this game goes 25 for 38, 263 yards, three touchdowns, made some great plays, uh, you know, the best one being uh, avoid, avoiding a sack by cornerback Jonathan Jones, spinning out and completing a key first down to kenya drake that allowed the dolphins to score their next touchdown and and get up um by six points but yeah i mean we'll see with tan hill last year cutler i thought had his best game of the year but it could have even been more i mean jakeem grant you know what a shame that, that again we've been talking about on here how can you not get this guy involved offensively i mean Last two years at Texas Tech, the guy has, what, 170, 180 catches in his last two years and always looks so good in preseason catching the football, but then the regular season starts and you don't see anything. He goes in and he goes up over the top. At five for five, goes over the top of Pro Bowl cornerback Malcolm Butler for one touchdown. And then, oh, man, so frustrating. At the end of the game, he smokes Butler for another touchdown and drops the ball if, if grant hangs on to that pass three catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns against a pro bowl quarterback that's a legitimate breakout game but i i think we've still seen enough of grant to to say you'd be crazy not to get him more involved in the offensive game plan here
2: yeah and it, and it's funny because if you stood him and Devonte parker side by side and knew nothing about the two of them. Every single person playing a pickup game would point at Devontae Parker as the guy they wanted on their team. But for me at this point, I'd almost see Grant in there in the starting role and see Parker relegated to a backup role until he starts showing something to get out of that. He almost caused an interception at one point in this game. He batted another ball up in the air. He missed another easy catch when he was wide open. Um, and we're not talking about one that was a fingertip catch 60 yards downfield over the shoulder difficult. We're talking about he was on a damn crossing route by himself with nobody around, no footsteps to hear, just, ah, oops. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with Devontae, but I'm kind of over it, and I want to see more Jakeem and maybe just throw Devontae and dispel people at this point until he shows otherwise because I'm just over it. Yeah, he. I mean, it's befuddling. He keeps going from bad to worse, and it's
1: frustrating because he's such a physically talented player. But, yeah, I mean, first play of the game, Parker drops an easy pass over the middle, and the, that near interception it could have been huge. I mean, the the ball, I mean, Parker's wide open over the middle. Cutler throws the ball. Yeah, it's a little hard throw. He, didn't, he could have put some a little more air under it, but Parker... Puts one arm out and doesn't put the second one out. I mean, th- these are just fundamental type mistakes. I mean, I look at Devontae Parker and Julius Thomas and I think I could sit them on the bench and we'll start implementing specifically Jaquin Grant and Anthony Fasano and Marquise Gray a little bit more to give the Dolphins a lot of different looks uh, on offense. L- looking at the defensive side of the ball, Paul. Man, oh, man, this defensive
2: line uh, destroyed the Patriots up front. They did. I loved – like, obviously, you're going to see a little bit of attitude from and Sue. We all know that at this point. But he keeps it in line. But he was intimidating in this game. But on top of that, you look at the things that Jordan Phillips was doing in the middle of that defensive line, uh, the way he he blitzed around – or stunted around the edge there at times – the way he was getting pushed. You look at Davin Godshaw and, and and just the, uh-uh, you ain't doing that to me attitude that he's got out there, the chip he's playing for a rookie, a fifth-round rookie with a chip on his shoulder out there playing some dominant football against one of the best teams in the league. I think we can all agree on that at this point. You know, it, It's just amazing to see the tone that that defensive line set in this game. You look at the linebackers. Lawrence Timmons looks to finally be back to his form that he showed early in the year again. Uh, Chase Allen played a good game. And Kiko played, well, a good game for Kiko, we're going to go with here.
1: I, I, I think Kiko has played a lot better the last two oh. games. I mean, that that's not saying much. He was pathetic the five games before that. But, yeah, I, I think he's back to where, at least the last two games, he's back to where he was last year. He, you know, he he takes some bad angles, but he, he's he's shown to be a lot more quick and active. On the field. But going back to the defensive line, I was talking with another Dolphins fan, Coney's Corner, who's on the show from time to time, about Jordan Phillips. And he asked me a good question. He said, If you could re sign, extend Jordan Phillips after the year, say three years, $15 million, would you do it? And I have to say, yes, at this point. Phillips is getting better and better. He destroyed left guard Joe Tooney for the Patriots in this game several times, got a lot of heat. And even if he's a good player right now, I would probably be okay with paying him $5 million a year. And he's got the size and the mobility and the rare tools to even get better at that defensive tackle spot.
2: For me, I'd almost rather see them try to go for like a five-year, 18 to $20 million deal for Jordan Phillips. And I know we're talking you know, semantics here. But I think that would set them up to – I think Endomic and Sue plays another – three or four years. So at least they would have him beyond the end of Sue's tenure with Godchow, with Vincent Taylor, and really still have a a good solid, very good solid defensive tackle rotation once Sue either uh, retires or moves on. So that's something that I would like to see is is see them extend them. I've been a Jordan Phillips fan, even though I know the motor hasn't been there consistently at least it's not constantly gone like the motor we see from Devontae Parker.
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking at the at the 2015 and 2016 draft classes, you're starting to see them really shine now. I mean, 2015 you had, you had Jordan Phillips, you had Bobby McCain. These are two players I would feel very comfortable extending in the offseason. I think they've proven their worth. And the 2016 mm-hmm. class, I mean, left tackle Laramie Tunzel, he had a bonehead penalty, but was great the rest of the night. You've got... Kenyon Drake, 193 all-purpose yards. He's starting to really look like that, that, that all-around running back. I'm not even missing Jay Ajayi anymore based on the last two games. And Jakeem Grant starts to show himself as a weapon. Xavier Howard, four interceptions in the last two games. These are the types of steps you want to see here toward the end of the year. If the Dolphins, when the Dolphins get some of these players back from injury for the
2: 2018 season, now you've
1: got a lot of momentum going forward here.
2: You do. I think looking at what we've seen from these young players and, you know, excluding who's going to be free agents and who's not, one thing I do really want to see Miami do here in the next few weeks, as as painful as it might sound to some, it doesn't sound as outlandish as it did when I said it two years ago or even three years ago at this point. I want to see Brendel take a little more time away from Mike Pouncey here. As good as the offensive line played, and they really did play a good game in this one, which is especially reassuring given the fact that, you know, they're without their starting right guard, without their starting right tackle, all these things. And and four out of five guys along the line had a good game in this one. I thought Uh, the one guy that, that just continues to commit bonehead penalties was trying to get in a fight while they were kneeling the ball at the end of the game is out of position is an absolute turnstile. And it's amazing to say this because he's a former pro bowler, but Mike Pouncey, how bad is this guy at this point? It's, it's it's He's a liability on the field, game in and game out.
1: Yeah, I think he gets pushed back a lot. I You know, the hip injury has a lot to do with it. I think he's always been a little bit overrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I see no reason Mike Pouncey should be on the team next year given the amount of money he's scheduled to make. And I see no reason why Jermon Bushrod would, would even see the field uh, in 2017 again. I mean, I think Jesse Davis is your starting right guard in 2018. I think he's done a fantastic job since he's been in there. I mean, Sam Young is limited. He is who he is, but he's done well too. You know, I I don't think that would that would you know he'd be a good player to have in there over 16 games. But yeah, maybe you bring him back next year too. So again, these are the types of things that you'd like to see toward the end of the year. So now the Dolphins. The last three games, a very, very, very slim chance to make the playoffs. But they do play the Bills twice, two winnable games. They play at Kansas City on Christmas Eve, a game that I have the pleasure of going to with my with my new wife, who is a Chiefs fan. That's going to be an interesting game. So very interesting. So the Dolphins can really add some dignity here to this 2017 season. Paul, anything else jump out at you?
2: One thing that really did, and I know we haven't talked about it much, but I really, really like the way that TJ McDonald is settling into this defense. The way that the pairing of him next to Rashad Jones for the next few years is going to be huge along the defensive side of the ball. And, and, and given what we've talked about already, I like the fact that Miami goes into the draft next year really without a huge need. On defense, they can, they can go if they decide to go defense. They can go BPA because there's not a position at this point after the development we've seen from the young players that I'm like, ugh, yeah, we have to draft a linebacker, we have to draft a corner, we have to draft a lineman, uh, we have to draft a safety. For me now, it's it's the defense has the pieces there, especially once players return from injury, to continue to develop together for next season. So I'm I'm excited about that. But, yeah, no, I just want to see Grant more than Devontae Parker. I know I'm going to keep beating that drum, but at least he, yeah, bu- he I, puts the effort in.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think besides interior offensive line, the Dolphins don't have a whole heck of a lot of needs heading into the 2018 season on paper with Tannehill coming back. That seems comical. They they need to add, continue adding impact players, but there's not a huge position that really sticks out for me right now. And So that that's a good position to be in. They can do BPA in the first round, and the second round, even if it's a quarterback. Now th- that's a conversation for another day, but and we'll get to that as the 2018 offseason approaches. You are listening to On the Fence side here with Cat and Paul Pick and recapping the Patriots Dolphins matchup. Dolphins have a huge win, twenty-seven to twenty, on Monday Night Football. Stay tuned for the rest of the year. We'll be sure to recap both Bills games and the Chiefs games as we go into the offseason. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. It ain't the left
0: side for the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the fifth side. Listen. Office fans across the land all tuning in yeah. To see what Brian, Cat and Paul about to do again Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant